I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Welcome to the Rebel Wellness Podcast, where we embrace a holistic approach to personal health and empower women to break free from the noise of today's diet culture. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey to becoming healthier, stronger, and more resilient in this life. If you found this podcast, you might be somebody who is tired of feeling bombarded with unrealistic body standards and conflicting health advice and just ready to rebel against the one-size-fits-all approach to wellness. This is a great opportunity and place to create a lifestyle that truly works for you. And I want to welcome you to your new home for everything health and wellness without any of those influences. Rebel Wellness is rooted in the belief that true wellness goes beyond just diet and exercise. It's about nurturing our minds bodies, and souls in a way that aligns with our unique needs and values. So if you are new here, I want to extend a very warm welcome. And if you are a ride or die, hello again. So happy that you have returned. Welcome back to this week's Hot Take Summer episode where I take you through my raw professional opinions on current spicy topics that are floating around in the health and wellness space. Uh, These topics have been chosen by our listeners and community. So if you're listening, you probably are somebody who's told me what to talk about, what you wanted to hear my hot take on. So this is going to be another type that's different than the last episode-ish or the last couple that are like not exactly only hot takes. Like hot takes, like I've talked about before, are supposed to be literally like short, quick, what are my thoughts now? Um, So obviously in a podcast format, I'm kind of changing it up, trying to do that, but also get a little bit deeper into it. So you have the opportunity to learn a little more, but they're not going to be perfectly curated, kind of a perfect outline of each topic, super perfect fact checked, all that jazz, um, because it's literally my hot take. So with that said, um, I also want to invite you, if you haven't already, come join us in our community on at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram or my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales for kind of a little bit more good information, fun videos, chats, and um, just connect. I'd love for you to connect. And with that said, make sure you check out our show notes for anything from timestamps for important parts of each of these chats, affiliate codes from my tested and thoroughly vetted companies that I am affiliated with, as well as uh, some of the top quotes from this. If you would like to take that quote, reshare it, share this episode, I would love it if you would, if you find it to be helpful. And also, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, It's been pretty fun to see everybody enjoying not only the hot take summer topics, because of course they are really uh, hot right now, (laughs) Uh, more in the sense of that it's just like everywhere. And I'm sure every time you see things on like health talk or Instagram and around the health world, and you're just like, I don't know what is right or what is wrong or what is the whole well-rounded opinion of this. So that's why I'm kind of trying to bring you as best as I can my opinions as a professional in this industry for over a decade now. And I like to think I have a good multi-perspective perspective, perspective, (laughs) if that's even possible, Um, just because I think it's really important that we don't only focus on what is the popular opinion all the time. And that's not in a way where I want to be controversial. It's in a way where I think that there are a lot of voices that are still accurate or can be that tend to get muted because a lot of people, especially nowadays, are very 
polarized and really like to push stuff on people oftentimes without even doing their own research. And that's like kind of insane to me. Like there's so many people that jump on the bandwagon without really looking into it. Or they'll read like one article on some biased um, news source and be like, oh, this is hot right now. I'm going to post about it so that it gets more likes and views and blah, blah, blah. And that's never my motive. I'm doing hot takes because I want to be able to talk about those things with the same ability to make sure that it's going deeper and a little more well-rounded, like I was saying. So I hope that these hot takes for you are helping you out with a lot of these topics. So let's get into today's. If there's one thing that is a barrier of entry for many to fitness, I would say it's definitely the belief that effective workouts are only if they exceed like 45 to 75 minutes or so. Um, I know that a lot of workout classes are structured in a 60 minute time frame. And people either show up to those or book 50 minute training sessions. So while a longer workout gives your body a lot more time under tension and can give you the ideal results you're looking for because you are spending more time challenging your body, are they always necessary? You know, do you have benefits that you can reap from doing shorter workouts, but more frequently there's a very interesting kind of buzz going around more lately because of the platform of like TikTok, I would say. And I don't like to just like talk about TikTok, but honestly, it's insane how much TikTok is influencing everything. <laughs> I didn't realize so many weird little things would be dug up from the past or recycled <laughs> in the health world, health and fitness world in general because of TikTok. Like it cracks me up how many times I see stuff that are like all of a sudden to the dome, quote unquote, or dry scooping. I'm not quite sure all the different terms they're calling it now where basically people are taking pre-workout and just like taking a scoop to their mouth and then like swishing it down with water. Um, if I had to give you a really hot take on that, please don't do that. It's so bad for your kidneys. There's a reason that you have to put a certain amount of water in those things because it's so condensed. And frankly, most pre-workouts are filled with a bunch of stuff that's not checked. So there's a lot of random fillers. Sometimes they found metal and other like minerals like that or heavy metals rather, not minerals. And also really poor versions of a lot of vitamins and minerals um, where it's like not digestible versions or versions that can accumulate in your body in a negative way. I just wouldn't do that. Pre-workouts, here's my hot take on that. <laughs> also, if you need a pre-workout to get enough energy to work out all the time, that also is a good sign that you probably should work on what is giving you such low energy for a workout um, before you do that consistently. I have only ever taken pre-workouts um, in the last eh, five years, maybe like 20 times a year. And it's on like big leg days when I want like very specific energy and pump because there's certain nutrients. And I do very clean ones, like ones that only have like six major ingredients. I have a uh, little thing on my Instagram about that on the at Coach by Kills. If you want to check that out, look for the video that's about pre-workouts. But I would say if you don't have enough energy every time you do a workout, you're going to be overtraining yourself because that means that your body is not recovered. You're too under rested or under recovered in general. And um, you're just going to be pushing yourself across barriers that are in place naturally to prevent injury, to prevent overtraining, all that stuff. So hot take on pre-workouts. I should add that to the uh, caption on this one. But back to it. Um, it's pretty funny how much stuff is kind of like coming back around or getting a name 
because of TikTok. So it's great and it's bad. What I want to talk about, though, is actually a positive one today. So I know last week's was about the dark sides of bodybuilding. Today, we're going to actually talk about a way that you can kind of hack, quote unquote, workouts so that it's a strategy that you can achieve the goals you're looking to for your health with a little bit less time. So it's a little bit more quote unquote digestible, I would say. Um, It's very similar to like the couch to 5k, those things where it's like slowly ramping up into fitness. Thus, today I am sharing my hot take on that strategy that's been quickly growing in popularity. And it's honestly a concept that I've incorporated in my coaching And for myself, and for those of us who just have crazy, busy days, day to day, or are intimidated by long workouts, um, this topic is for you. And what are we talking about? We are talking about micro workouts, sometimes called mini sessions, sometimes called quickie lifts, whatever you want to call them or whatever you've been calling them or heard, we are talking about short form workouts that are meant to be less time consuming and they are more frequent. So daily or nearly daily, more days out of the week than you would have done a maybe 60 minute or 75 minute workout. And in this episode, we're going to talk all about the strategies available that are correlated with micro workouts that you can implement for yourself, as well as my personal insight on the most effective ways to implement these uh, workouts alongside your menstrual cycle for those of us who are still naturally cycling, because that matters. It matters a lot, actually. Um, or it can, it can, depending on the person. So stay tuned all the way into the end for some of those gems of knowledge, because hacking your own body can be a total game changer. Okay. So first let's kind of redefine again, what a micro workout is. So it's simply just a shorter, less time consuming workout. Think something like 10 to 20 minutes versus 60 to 75 minutes. While they can be more intense, they are shorter and they don't have to be as uh, intricate as longer workouts would be. So they can be done on their own or you can always add in a couple of them back to back throughout your day um, or break them apart into your day. That's another popular thing a lot of people like to do. So they'll do like a 15 minute in the morning and a 15 minute in the afternoon, something like that. And interestingly enough, uh, a lot of people will correlate time with results Um, micro workouts done the right way can actually produce the results you want while building your endurance in the process. And that's kind of like, what, how is that even possible? And we're going to chat about that. So funny enough, um, the studies on doing short bout exercise versus continuous bout. So longer expenditure of time, this study and the concept has been around since the late nineties, actually, it's probably been around a little bit longer than that, but One particular study that kind of really brought this to attention was one by Jackick, Wing, Butler, and Robertson that was in 1995. So like I was saying that it's funny that TikTok is bringing stuff back around. Clearly, this is not a brand new research area that people have been kind of exploring, trying to help as many people as possible, like adhere to workouts. And so Like you guys have heard me many times before, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while or you coach with me, adherence is the common denominator for anybody's success in health, pretty much. If you can adhere to something that is health promoting in your life, you are going to win the game. Um, I like to kind of give that concept of there's the game of life. Goal is to keep playing 
as long as possible. It's not to just succeed in like one short little thing here and there, because then you're going to be like SOL when it comes down to like, okay, now what do you do after that? You know? So that kind of correlates to like why I'm not a huge fan of bodybuilding. Cause like you push your body to that limit and then what else afterwards, you know? So being as consistent with your health goals as possible is how you win at the game of life because you keep playing. You don't basically lose or bonk out, whatever. So with that concept in mind, micro workouts are a great way for a lot of people who have those routines that don't give a lot of leeway for long format workouts, an opportunity to succeed at staying consistent and staying adhering to some sort of fitness. So in that specific study, for those nerds out there like me who like to uh, know a little bit about how they determined this stuff, researchers wanted to kind of determine the length of the exercise correlated to success and adherence. So they instructed two groups of women to exercise five days per week over 20 weeks. Um, They steadily increased from 20 minutes to 40 minutes per day. And group A performed the exercise in one session, all of them. And then group B broke it up into 10 minute chunks throughout their day. So the group who did multiple shorter sessions per day reported exercising on more days and for longer in total than the group instructed to do longer sessions. Group B also reported slightly greater weight loss results. So that isn't because those workouts were essentially better for them in comparison. Both are equally effective. However, having more consistency means overall you're burning more calories, building more muscle, muscle burns more calories, and you're more consistent and you're challenging your body consistently daily, that would put you in a position where you are more consistently in a deficit, therefore resulting in greater weight loss. So I found this concept um, to actually work very well for a lot of like my clients during the pandemic or a lot of my mom clients, um, and even clients I've had that simply only have 30 minutes or 40 minutes in their day to devote to workouts. And that's even still on the longer end because you can totally reap benefits from only 10 or 15 minute workouts, which is fascinating. And so this is something I have absolutely seen work really well for plenty of clients, especially females, and especially the ones who aren't very motivated, I would say, to um, follow a routine consistently. And oftentimes, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of us might think about like a mini workout and be like, okay, well, if it's only 10 or 15 minutes, I can do it. Like whatever. Versus, uh, I just like can't take the time to drive to the gym, do all the things, spend a whole hour and then drive back. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's like totally unappealing for a lot of people. And so maybe just having a couple of kettlebells and some dumbbells and bands and busting out a quickie like 15 minute workout twice a day or at least once a day might actually be your jam. Like that might actually be something that could work better for you. So one of my top hot takes on it would just be that that is a really good strategy for those of you who have busy schedules. A strategy for that, if that's something that you want to implement into your workouts or your work life is look at your work schedule. So if you're somebody who uses Google Calendar or however you organize your life, um, time block in when you're going to do that little workout. Make sure obviously you have your equipment and stuff, especially this is easier for people who work out from home 
or if this is in the morning before you go to work or after work, it can be really easy just to be like, I have time for 20 minutes of working out, but you have to put it in your calendar and you have to stick to it. So my best tip would be time block it in every day when you want to go spend the time for it so that you hold yourself accountable. You see it in there, you know, you can do it and you put in the time to just get it done. If you're like me and you know that time just gets away from you when you don't have things structured in your calendar, this is an essential tip for you because um, I have to put in like gym into the time zones in my week where I know it'll fit. And then I just make it part of my day. It's just something that I have to do in the day, just like showing up to my clients, just like going to the grocery store. I go in when I have it on my calendar. So that might be kind of like type A for you, but maybe you, you might benefit if you try it, you know, find what works for you with how you can fit it into your schedule. Because if there's something I've learned over the years, it's that we have a tendency to jumble up our days in our head and just think, I just, I just simply have no time for it. Well, micro workouts are a great way for you to be like, yes, I do. I do have 15 minutes, you know, and the only thing that you also want to make sure is that you aren't trying to be too rigid again. So while you can make it fit into your busy schedule, if something gets in the way that is just impossible for you to avoid, especially if you have children, you know, things like that, you can't always predict what they're going to do, right? So it's okay if you have to like skip that or maybe push it into the evening if you planned on doing it in the morning. I will say majority of the time, especially for adults over the age of 25, Morning workouts will give you a lot more clarity, focus, and energy for your day than evening workouts. So I tend to recommend you try to do your movement in the morning, possibly before you do any work. And it tends to, I actually think they did some studies on it that I had read in the past where they did find better brain function in the morning after you got blood flowing movement. So either a leisure walk in the morning for 10 or 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, or a mini workout for 10, 15 or 20 minutes. Okay, so another reason I've discovered that micro workouts work really well, um, especially for people who don't recover well from long sessions and heavy sessions, Something you can benefit from is that you will actually get a little bit better muscle recovery and be able to sustain working out more frequently in your week because sometimes unavoidably, depending on where your hormones are at or how much you push yourself, long format sessions like 60 minutes plus can make you really sore and make you avoid working out the next day and maybe even the day after that depends on if you get DOMS. Um, DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness. It's a term we use when you have overtrained. So if you've ever done a workout and you were fine later that day, fine the next day, and then all of a sudden you feel like you got hit by a train on day three or day four, that's considered DOMS. So that means you actually overtrained the muscle and damaged it too much and then didn't recover it enough, meaning you didn't feed it well enough or sleep well enough or hydrate well enough. Those are the three kind of contributors to muscle recovery. So it's very important to know that there is a way to kind of avoid overtraining. Or if you are a person who has found that you get too sore and then you miss multiple days of working out because of it, micro workouts. <laughs> They're a great way for you to do smaller amounts of loading the muscles in more frequency that can give you about, I guess, 10 to 15% increase in muscle thickness 
um, versus the people that for five to six days out of your week versus the people that only end up getting two or three longer format workouts in. So that's kind of a bonus, right? Like that's kind of a cool thing. And also too, if you're brand new to weightlifting, you get a kind of phenomenon called newbie gains where your body is like, ooh, this is cool. Like I'm actually doing something that's challenging me and, and making my muscles need to tear and repair. And um, you tend to build muscle faster when you are um, new to weightlifting. For those of us who are like veterans now to weightlifting, which I would say anybody who's been lifting for longer than two or three years, we lose that benefit. However, what we do benefit from is that we spent a lot of time weightlifting, possibly the traditional way. So we can actually benefit from mini workouts equally or more because we already have a lot of muscle on. And there's somewhere to 30 to 40% of less effort is necessary to maintain muscle that you have already built, um, which is pretty cool because that means that you spent so many time in the first several years putting on your quad muscle. And if you at least just challenge it two to four times a week and possibly not even very heavy, uh, you can just maintain that same muscle mass. You're not going to lose it. Um, a lot of people think that whole, if you don't use it, you lose it. We experience that by going on a, like a two week vacation and then coming back to weightlifting and being like so sore. You didn't necessarily lose that muscle. It just wasn't stimulated. And there's a lot of other things that could be contributing to the lack of recovery. Like maybe you drank a lot on that trip or you're just dehydrated in general, um, or you underfed or you overfed and you've got a lot of inflammation. There's a lot of things that tend to actually come from taking a break off or if you got sick where your workouts are more challenging to get back into and you might be more sore, more so because of whatever you were doing in that period where you didn't strength train at all. And then your body's just getting like reacclimated to movement again. So it's less about the fact that you tend to lose muscle initially, especially if it's only a week or three weeks off of weightlifting. This is a really common thing that my clients are constantly concerned about whenever they go on like vacations. And I'm like, trust me, you're going to get your strength back really fast. Just give it a week of crappy soreness and then you're going to be back at it. And that's pretty much always what happens. They're always like, oh my God, I thought I lost all my strength. I'm like, no, you just didn't challenge the muscle for a while and you probably under or overfed it. So now that you're back in a routine, your muscles are like, okay, we're back. We're jamming. So if that's you, if you've ever been worried about taking time off of weightlifting or not getting into it at all because you don't want to have to like miss sometimes where you're not working out, um, that should never be a concern. Just do as much as you can as frequently as possible. Get right back into it, especially if you go on vacation or you're sick or whatever, or life just happens. And that's going to be the best habit and mindset you can have going into life with fitness versus I must be perfect. I fell off this week. I'm going to throw the whole week away. They call it like stop start mentality. Don't get into that cycle. It's super toxic, unhealthy, and very common. It's a very common narrative um, in the women's side of societal dieting and how we treat our bodies. Um, and it's not, it doesn't give results. Results are adherence. Adherence is consistency. So, but again, I have to come back around to the fact that you're going to be more motivated with mini workouts and consistency with them versus longer format workouts and less consistency because you're able to just get it in, keep doing it, keep going and reap the benefits of being a little more consistent, even if you're not spending as much time working out or weightlifting, et cetera. And another 
kind of cool phenomenon that comes from when you're a little bit more motivated to move more is something that I've experienced and a lot of my clients once they've been weightlifting for a year to two years is that they realize their body starts to crave movement. And that's going to sound weird, especially if you're somebody who's not weightlifting yet or any sort of movement consistently. And you're just like, I'm just a couch potato. Like there's no way I could crave movement. Basically, when you don't move, your body is consistently comfortable not moving (laughs) Same goes on the other end. When you move your body consistently, there's a positive feedback loop that encourages you mentally and physically to continue that because it is good for you. So that is a good place to be mentally when you realize that I actually want to move and my body feels good when I move and it's supporting my health when I move and leaning into that And um, knowing that it compounds, you get more energized the more you use your body and require energy from it. So I definitely recommend you giving like 15 minute workouts daily a shot, and then you can kind of find whatever routine works out for you. But again, any movement daily is better than no movement, not in the way where you go all unhealthy with it. And you're just like constantly walking and stuff just to make sure that you hit enough movement. Please don't get into that mindset. Um, There are definitely people who fall into that category where they're just like become obsessive about movement. That's a whole different thing. Less obsession comes with shorter workouts and micro workouts can be high intensity interval training for some people, or they can just be moderate intensity where you're lifting heavy weights, but you're doing it under time. So my top recommendations for micro workouts would be following a routine that is kind of like a circuit. So you're going to pick three to five moves. You're going to set a timer. There's some fantastic timers that are apps for your phone, or you can just watch a clock or run a clock that has the seconds on it and do like a 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off, or a 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, or a 30 seconds on, 60 seconds off. And what I mean by on is doing the exercise and then off is a full rest. And you don't have to be moving your body during rest. That's another kind of icky fitness calorie burning thing that I've seen women push on other women is that you should be doing something while you're resting. And it's like, no, that's not rest then. Like (laughs) you're going to overtrain. I do see a lot of overtraining people tend to do that where they're doing some sort of something in between. Like they did squats and then now all of a sudden they're doing 50 sit-ups while they're in their quote-unquote rest period. And I'm like, well, you're not resting, so your body didn't get to recover at all. So what's the point? And your body actually needs that rest period so that your muscle fibers can recoup and prepare for the load again. So the next time you go quote-unquote on for the next 30 seconds, your muscles are going to be ready for that load better than if you didn't give them rest at all. And that's what prevents injuries and nobody's got time for injuries. So do the right thing and just take the rest period. Um, There's a whole bunch of great apps and things out there too. And honestly, YouTube, like YouTube has a bajillion things where you could do 10 minute workout, 50 minute full body. Fitness Blender is one of my favorite ones, longstanding ever since I first got into the fitness world. Fitness Blender was one of those groups that actually introduced me to more specific weight training and working out. So I highly recommend them all the time. And then my other recommendation alongside that is build a little bank of some of your favorite workouts. You can even go as far as to when you're putting it into your calendar, make a repeated calendar um, event and have the link to the YouTube video that you want to follow for that day. So everything is streamlined. It's like bing, bang, boom, you do it. And then you get on with your day. 
easier you make it for yourself to access these components to your workout, the easier it will be for you to stick to it and have a routine. And routine is really important for your body to get into a good space where you build habits. Um, And habits are really what is the long-term game-winning strategy. So let's get into what I think would be some of the best strategic workout routines throughout a week if you're going to do micro workouts. Get a pen and paper, write this down if you want to, or put it in your notes. Let's get into it. So first you want to look at your week and determine your Sunday through Saturday what days are going to be the best for you energetically to fit in a, let's start like with a 15 minute workout. So if you look at your calendar and you see areas consistently that you could put a 15 minute workout in, maybe at 8.30 every day, you have 15 minutes before you have to start getting ready to get ready for work or whatever. That would be a great place to try to be implementing a consistent workout. If you are completing 15 minute workouts five to six times a week, you will be getting 75 to 90 minutes total of some sort of specific exercise with strength. Um, I would recommend you pair this with a walk, like getting either you or your family or you and your partner into a routine of some sort of evening walk after dinner or whatnot. After dinner is great because it's going to help you with digestion and blood sugar management. That's going to set you up for some good success with kind of bringing your nervous system down, helping you rest and digest. And that has a positive effect on overall daily calorie burn as well. For those of you who are trying to consistently um, keep movement up to manage your calorie consumption daily. So walking, I would not put in the category of micro workouts because it's not really a workout workout. Uh, Walking, especially just like moderate intensity or low intensity is just activity. And this is a concept that actually kind of frustrates a lot of people because they'll tell me, oh, I went on a 30 minute walk today. I did my exercise. I'm like, ah, it's actually just activity. Uh, The human body needs daily activity, just moving around. Um, We call that NEAT, so non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that is walking to and from your car, walking around the kitchen, walking around your house, walking around the grocery store. That is activity, not exercise. Exercise, I would define as more specific movements. So working out, following a fitness routine, strength training, etc. It has specifics. So specific movement that is dedicated to a goal of building strength or mobility, you know, yoga, whatever it is, that's exercise. An activity is something that you just do passively And even if you did specifically choose time to go walk outside, that is just generic activity. So it's important to understand that concept because um, a lot of people kind of think, oh, I've been working out. I've been doing 30 minute walks every day. Actually, you're just contributing to your daily activity. That's something that is a baseline. You have to do that every day. If you are under that, there's a lot more movement every day that you need to make up to get closer to being in a consistent step routine, calorie burn routine, et cetera. And then adding workouts in are going to benefit your muscle, your mobility, uh, your heart health, etc. Okay, so back to your workouts. You're going to pick five days out of your week that you're going to fit in this 15-minute workout. Then when you look at it, the more frequently you work as many muscle groups as possible is going to be the best bang for your buck. So either you're going to do three days of lower body, which is a huge muscle group area that's going to burn a lot more calories and such and challenge you harder than upper body and two days upper body. 
Or because it's only 15 minute workouts, five days a week or six days a week, do a full body workout every single one of those days. That is going to be your hands down best little hack for getting stronger faster and seeing the physical changes that you really want to see more frequently and faster. Like I just said, (laughs) a lot of people try to do like one body part group at a time. I absolutely hate bodybuilding splits. Um, That's what we call it. It has nothing to do with necessarily bodybuilders, but it is coined by bodybuilders because they have so much muscle maturity at a later stage in their life that they can just work biceps and triceps one day and or back and bias chest and tries, like you'll hear that a lot. It's such a waste of time for the everyday person that is trying to just get in their top physique. Your genetic potential is what we call it, is basically genetically where you can get your muscle to with the most ease. That is usually achieved by more frequent full body workouts versus bodybuilding splits or body part splits, whatever you want to call it. And again, a split is just how do you split up your week of what workouts? And if you're a go-getter and you know you have 30 minutes in every day split up into two 15-minute sections, I would do a morning 15-minute workout full body and then maybe a late afternoon or early evening full body workout. Or you could do an upper body in the early day and a lower body in the later day or vice versa. Those are going to be great strategies for you to get more frequent loading on your body, aka time under tension. Sometimes we call that TUT, T-U-T. And that is what stimulates change in the positive effects of exercise on the body. So that is a great strategy as well. So say you did double days, we'll call it. So you did two 15-minute workouts in one day, and you spread that out into four days or five days of your week. Now you've achieved 120 to 150 minutes out of your entire week that you are uh, moving your body and strengthening it. And that's probably more minutes than you would have if you only completed to 60 minute or it's equal to or less than (laughs) if you uh, did 60 minute workouts. So you can see how that can be a little more um, metabolically influential because it is more consistent and more frequently. And I'm not going to get into it too uh, long, but you could do Tabata workouts, which you would want to Google that or YouTube search that. It's coined by Dr. Izumi Tabata. And it's a form of high intensity interval training that was um, developed for the Japanese Olympic speed skating team. And then they discovered that, holy cow, this actually has some really great health benefits for anyone. And some people have called Tabata training the most energetically effective high intensity training methods. And it would be characterized by 20 seconds of intense exercise in a movement that's simple. So not something that's complicated. And you only get 10 seconds of rest in between each set. So essentially you do kind of a casual five to 10 minute warm up, And then you do eight rounds of 20 seconds of extremely to exhaustion work, like squat jumps or something like that, or jumping jacks, something simple. Um, And then you follow it with just 10 seconds of rest where you just stop movement altogether and you don't exceed four minutes. So you literally do as much as possible back to back for eight rounds until you hit the four minute mark. So where this can go wrong for people is that they don't actually go to the full exertion that they need to reap the benefits of Tabata training. So if you are going to try that, you you really need to pick an exercise movement that is easy to go balls to the wall and then um, completely rest. So you'll see a lot of people do interval training sprints on treadmills where they basically 
turn the treadmill up to like 10 miles an hour or higher. They'll sprint for 20 seconds and then hop off, like put their feet onto the sides with the rails, rest for 10 seconds and then jump back on. There's definitely kind of a skill learning curve for that. You don't want to just do that if you're not a runner. So you could also do it like on a spin bike where you go all out for 20 seconds and then you rest 10. Um, There's a whole bunch of cardio movements that can be used really well for Tabata training. And if you're somebody like me who doesn't like cardio, this is a great way to get those cardiovascular benefits from maximum four minutes of work. But it should be like kick your ass type of work. Like that's where I see so many people fail, especially in these group classes that call themselves HIIT training um, or even on Peloton, they call themselves HIIT training. Let me see my HIIT training episode from earlier in the year. Uh, where I break this down. But um, if you're not gassed by maximum 20 minutes, you're not hit training. Hit training needs to be pushing you till that end. And you should never be training that hard for that long. If you actually are going like full balls to the wall, because you'll probably start to get into a zone of massive overtraining, which can result in something called rhabdomyosis, where basically your body starts to eat your muscle and that it makes your pee turn brown and stuff because your body is literally metabolizing your muscle at a rapid rate and it can be life-threatening. So we actually have seen a spike of that occur from CrossFit classes and different classes where they are pushing people past their body's cues of hitting a limit and then just making it like, oh, you're just being weak, keep pushing. And then these people end up in the hospital with rhabdomyosis more than we've actually ever seen in history. So um, that's a good another good reason to be careful. And that would be my hot take on hit classes that exceed 20 or 30 minutes max, because maybe it's 30 minutes because you're doing a warm up. You should always be doing a warm up because your warm up is preparing the muscles for load. And that's what prevents injury and also gives you the most output. So a lot of my clients kind of complain about all the uh, mobility and activation work I have with bands, but there's a reason knock on wood, I have had hardly any clients actually get injured and we've repaired a lot of injuries because we take the time, at least for the first 10 to 20 minutes of each workout to get in the band activation work and all of that. It is extremely important. So if you're going to do short form workouts, I also recommend you do a little bit of activation work if the workouts you're following don't already have it in there. Um, And you can look up on, honestly, YouTube too, like what is a five minute dynamic warm up or what is a five minute band warm up for activation? Those are great things to search to find yourself little mini warm ups for your workout that will prepare you for your 10 to 20 minutes of your micro workout. All right, so as we wrap up the rest of this chat, I'm going to touch on that little part I had said that maybe a lot of you are listening for. And that is how do you pair these micro workouts with your cycle? So I'm going to put this into two different categories because it's really important to understand that training with your cycle can look different for every single female, just like our cycles tend to look different than our best friends. This is where you're going to have to learn your cycle and your symptoms, mess around with it, test some things out, and then find the routine that works for you because that is, of course, always going to be your best bet. Stop following random things that somebody who has a body that you aspire to have has (laughs) and just thinking that you're going to end up looking like them because you're doing what they do. Find what works for you. And I'm just going to call you out because I've been there. Don't, don't think I'm just saying it because I haven't. I've totally done it before too. 
So section one or category one would be people who have really uncomfortable cycles. So this means you're having a lot of cramping, you're getting a lot of cravings, you feel really low energy anywhere from day 21 all the way until bleed. So luteal cycle, essentially. For those of you who have not heard my cycle series, those are episodes two through four of Rebel Wellness Podcast. Go listen to those. Those are amazing. They're very informative. Um, I will probably actually re-record those in the future, but (laughs) regardless, you're going to want to understand what your luteal phase symptoms are like. Okay, so your follicular phase begins when your bleeding stops. It's technically kind of part of it, but we're just going to say as far as for energy goes, most of us don't have a ton of energy if you are this in this category A where you have rough cycles. So day four or five is most likely where you're going to be finishing bleeding. So day four or five, all the way up until day 21, you should have a solid, robust amount of energy and feeling better to get your consistent micro workouts in. So this is where I'd be shooting for that five to six days a week doing your 15 minute workouts or double days. And then once you hit day 21 and on, listen to your symptoms and reduce as needed. Fortunately, you actually should be able to maintain some sort of movement for 15 minutes a day through that part of your cycle. But I would actually maybe switch them into mini yoga sessions or just band work or lower impact, like don't lift as heavy or don't move as fast. Um, That would be a good time for you to schedule that into your calendar and then take a break on those day, let's say maybe 26 until the end of bleeding. You can take a break from your movement and just walk or stretch. You know, I always would recommend trying to keep some sort of routine in. So don't necessarily skip out that week on that little time slot that you have been putting in your micro workouts. I would just switch it to being like giving yourself permission and grace to just stretch or something like that. Maybe you turn that into 15 minutes of meditation. Find something that is going to benefit you in that moment for your body and learn it and listen to it. Or maybe you just put in like a 15 or 20 minute power nap. You know, that's a good time for those of you that have really uncomfortable bleeds um, in that latter half of your luteal phase and the early part of your cycle in general. For category B, those that have relatively balanced hormones and actually don't get super bad symptoms besides kind of light cramping maybe a little bit of bloatings, a little bit of cravings, um, and your bleeding only lasts maybe three to four days, you are a good candidate to continue doing your micro workouts as long as you can. So maybe just be consistent and consistently do them throughout the entire cycle. And just give yourself those days when you are bleeding to do band work, stretching, meditation, etc. That would be a good way, again, to keep it in your calendar, keep it into your routine, but take the time for yourself to kind of do the natural thing that you're doing because periods and bleeding is actually a really exhausting thing for the female body in general every month. So it's it's definitely important for you to like give yourself a little space for that. But there is no harm really actually in taking the same exact amount of intensity during that part of your cycle if you are somebody who has healthy hormones or is just cycling more balanced. And bad periods do tend to correlate to a hormonal imbalance. So that is a good sign by your body that something is off. And I would highly recommend you find a women's health naturopath or um, functional medicine doctor to help you figure that out. Notice I didn't say anything about an MD or general practitioner. Conventional medicine doctors aren't 
Um, they don't spend the time more often than not, unless it says specifically in their specialties and they're a private practice doctor. Most of the time they don't take any time and they aren't taught um, more specifics that are unique to female hormones, <laughs> unfortunately, um, because it's not something that they have to worry about. And so like as far as getting through schooling and being able to prescribe people things and do the general uh, physicals and health care checkups and all that jazz. So it's important for you to have two people in your wheelhouse. I say this all the time. So I'm going to say it again, especially if this is the first time you're hearing me ever say it. You need to have your doctor that is under your conventional medicine side. So if you have health insurance, that is your doctor for your sick care. Healthcare is sick care. Unfortunately, it only covers you when you are sick or injured, right? You only get to use it really under your copay when you have a major emergency or you're super sick and you need that antibiotic. That's the time where conventional medicine comes in handy. Everything else really should go to a naturopathic doctor or a um, functional medicine doctor, people who take time to study these root cause types of pathways so they can help you get rebalanced because we live in a modern world that has a lot of unique situations now given our toxic kind of uh, environment. <laughs> and there are people who have dedicated their lives and gotten professional teaching. Like all these people, like naturopaths are not homeopaths or people who basically are not. They are fully trained doctors. They go to through the same amount of schooling as MDs. So do not believe what maybe your grandma or somebody told you that they're just kind of quacks because they aren't. There are still naturopaths. They're not all great. Everybody on both sides has doctors that suck, honestly. Um, but another chat that's coming soon is about how to advocate for yourself with your medical care. But that would be my first kind of hot take tip for you on that side is you need to have your doctor on both sides of medicine, conventional medicine and functional medicine. I guess I would call it unconventional medicine, but I don't really like love that term. Some people say Western medicine versus Eastern. Um, both have a place in the human body in my per professional experience. I highly would recommend that you go do that and kind of figure out what's going on with your body. If you're having really painful periods and you're feeling completely gassed your entire week of your cycle, because that actually is not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. Uh, the difference is that it's commonly around that a lot of females are dealing with it these days, but it's not normal for the human body to have really shitty periods. That's not normal. I know it's become normal seeming, but again, common versus normal. So to recap that section on micro workouts, category A, if you have really bad cycles, just for that latter half, continue to stay on top of that time slot that you have allocated to doing your movement and just switch it down to something that's more low impact and then come back to the high impact when you're back in that follicular phase where you're feeling better. For those of you in category B, you could probably maintain that level of fitness throughout your entire cycle and maybe just take a break when you're bleeding if you need to. I've told some people before, I've set PRs during my period. <laughs> I call them period PRs, <laughs> but that's because I tend to lift slower, but heavier. So I'll do like two to five rep max lifts with two to three minute rests in between uh, on my period because I have the strength for it. And the body actually does produce a little bit of HGH, human growth hormone during your cycle, um, during bleeding, sorry. Um, and so that can be a little bit mini benefit of lifting heavy during your cycle. But some people too have the opposite effect. Sometimes they have negative 
muscle recovery during their bleed because their body is expelling a lot of nutrients in the first place. So figure it out for yourself as your own unique body. But those are my best tips for if I could just categorize two different types (laughs) of uh, female cycle situations. Um, But Overall, micro workouts, I do believe that they can be really useful, especially for people who are low on the motivational pull (laughs) or also just don't have a lot of time in their day to go put in work at the gym for extended period of time. So overall, I hope that that whole chat and hot take was helpful for you. I know there was a whole bunch of different topics we kind of got into on this one, but that's, I guess, what happens with hot takes. Uh, You learned about what pre-workouts and hormone doctors and stuff today but um it's all important stuff that's why it makes it so hard for me to like narrow things down and keep them short and like a real true hot take because on this platform i get to do what i want and i actually just would like to talk to you guys about things that um i get to talk about with my clients and uh it it gets deep you know just that's how life should be But anyways, Rebel, that's it for today's episode. So don't forget to like, share, or give us a nice little rating if you've been loving this podcast. And um, I hope that you can celebrate your strength and nourishment, walk with confidence, and I will catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, we have some exciting news for you. We've recently launched an Instagram page for the Rebel Wellness Podcast, where we'll be sharing inspiring quotes from every episode, behind the scenes moments, and updates about upcoming episodes. So be sure to follow us at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram to stay connected with our community. And it's growing, so I'm really excited about it. That's not all, though. I also want to introduce you to at Coach by Kales, which is my flagship fitness and wellness coaching business, as I am so passionate about empowering individuals like you to live their healthiest and most enjoyable lives. So if you would love to join me there as well, follow my page for daily inspiration, fitness tips, nutrition tips, sometimes even healthy recipes as well as debunking more myths around the health and fitness industry in general. By following both pages, you'll be joining a community of like-minded individuals who are all committed to living their best lives as well. So don't hesitate, hit that follow button and join us on this journey to wellness. Again, thank you for listening and I hope to catch you on the gram.